Uh, hello, um, thank you for being here and um, to this topic, uh, which is about social change and how we are can help to um, to really trigger empathy to um, raise awareness for social subjects. Um, I want to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Maren. I'm an immersive experience designer and I'm just co-founding the company Invisible Room that actually sets up multisensory location-based VR experiences. And I'm very happy to have Jörg here. Um, we are in the, hello Jörg. <laughs> we are uh, in the VR lab of J2C Journey to Creation and um, feel free, they're having a space in the exhibition hall to check out their work. It's pretty great and super nice to be there. Um, my colleague Jim Rügeberg, uh, sorry, I'm always pronouncing your name wrong. <laughs> so he's the CEO of a Berlin-based company called Illusion Walk, and we're having a project together in the future that um, Jim wants to talk about today. Um, and I'll just pass on the mic after the first part. So first of all, I just want to give you a making-of video of the project that we've done for IGM that might uh, give you some insights on what we've done there. Wir haben mit Street Art Urban Art die Chance laut zu werden, aber richtig laut und äh, haben im Grunde genommen IJM angeboten, dass wir in the house ein gemeinsames Projekt machen. International Justice Mission ist eine Menschenrechtsorganisation, die weltweit Sklaven befreit. Also in unterschiedlichen Settings werden Menschen festgehalten in Arbeitssklaverei oder in Zwangsprostitution, ähm, sind Opfer von Menschenhandel und da geht International Justice Mission hin und befreit diese Menschen. Wir wollten unbedingt, dass es da eine VR-Experience gibt und freuen uns mit IGM und einem ganz, ganz tollen Künstlerteam, diesen Raum zu haben, wo man sich mit dem Thema Menschenhandel und Prostitution auseinandersetzt. Was halt mega cool ist, dass hier so voll viele verschiedene Leute dran mitgearbeitet haben, um dieses Projekt möglich zu machen. Unter anderem auch Invia, die uns eine super coole Kamera zur Verfügung gestellt haben, damit wir überhaupt dieses Gefühl eben auch rüberbringen können. Ich spiele eine junge Frau, die in einem Bordell gehalten wird. Als ich mich mit dieser Frau beschäftigt habe und auch das Material, was mir IGM geschickt hat, gesehen habe, habe ich geweint. Ich komme persönlich aus Indien und von daher ist es immer schon ein Anliegen für mich gewesen, die Geschichten dieser Menschen, die sonst keiner mitkriegt, an die Öffentlichkeit zu bringen, weil ich das einfach gesehen habe. The thing is, we are brought up in an, in an environment that um, we don't realize how lucky we are. We thought making a video in virtual reality would be a very strong way to raise awareness. Die Idee, dass der Raum so aussieht, wie er jetzt aussieht, ist dadurch entstanden, dass ich Beispielmaterial von IGM erhalten habe. Stück für Stück versucht man dann allerdings auch, sich selbst in die Person reinzuversetzen, die in diesem Raum lebt. Wir glauben, dass multisensorische Virtual-Reality-Erfahrungen wirklich große Empathie regen können. Und das ist für das Projekt mit IJM besonders wichtig, dass wir die Leute wirklich in den Moment sinken lassen, damit sie das nachvollziehbar spüren können und eben dann aktiviert werden, mitzuhelfen. Etwas ganz Spezielles bei diesem Projekt war, dass 99% der verwendeten Sounds authentische Aufnahmen sind, die auf tatsächlichen Befreiungsmissionen in Indien entstanden sind. 
Als wir die Produktion den ersten Gästen vorgeführt haben, waren wir mit einer Vielzahl von sehr emotionalen Reaktionen konfrontiert, so wie ich es noch nie erlebt habe. Die Reaktionen sind so unterschiedlich wie die Leute, die das Haus besuchen. Manche Leute können danach erstmal gar nichts sagen, gehen einfach aus dem Raum raus, müssen es verarbeiten. Andere stellen unglaublich viele Fragen zu, was ist IJM, was können wir machen und sind einfach richtig bewegt. So, um, you see there had been a lot of people working on this project, so we've been a very big team. And just to wrap it all up, what we've basically done was in the house, which is a, um, a space in, in the west of Berlin where artists have the chance to um, create their own rooms. It's just um, open to the 30th of May, so you should really should go there because it's turned down very soon. Um, but. Um, what we've basically done was we created this physical room. We had um, material from India and we, with the collaboration of I IJM, um, we really tried to make an authentic reenactment of a brothel um, where a forced prostitution has been held in India. And in this room we were filming um, an actress, an Indian actress, um, that tells the viewer her story and how she got into forced prostitution and uh, gets, gets um, rescued in the end in the film by a team of IJM. And basically what is the most interesting for us is people go there into the installation and they don't realize in what kind of room they are. And um, after watching the, the movie in the VR headset that is like um, the same room as they're sitting in, um, they're taking off the glasses and they um, percept the room in a very different way and it really makes a big emotional shift. And for us, uh, the artists who were working on this, it was um, the best feedback ever that people went out and said, okay, this two minutes really changed my view on something. Um, we're calling this multi-sensory location-based VR and this is a very long term. And um, I really want to just give you an overview and break down some of these words. So I bet all of you have heard of VR. Um, so um, I just um, listed some options that actually um, describe the medium a bit. So when I'm thinking of VR, I'm always thinking of a first-person medium, so I'm really trying to cut it down to human perception. So what do we have? We have the 360 view and we have a stereoscopic view. We have spatial audio, which is, by the way, the uh, only sense um, that we have that is spatial, like we can hear something is happening in front of us or uh, in the back of us. Um, in most VR experiences that are for home use, we use controllers to interact with the environment. Um, mostly it's just uh, online multiplayer, so you're, you're alone in the class and you meet somebody in space. And um, like, when it comes to head tracking and room scale, what is um, happening with Oculus Rift or HTC Vive with room scale. The thing is, if you wanted to use it for home, um, this is pretty expensive and you really have to get away all your furniture out of your room. So this is not very practical. So this is why we think that 
location-based um, is a very good option for VR. So uh, we define location-based as um, almost everything that is not uh, taking place at home. So places where you go to, like an escape room, a theater, to a museum where there is uh, VR experiences, or to like an art installation, what we did with IJM. So um, this gives you more options than just uh, VR for home use. Um, it gives you the chance to have local multiplayer, so actually play with friends that also have a VR class on and being with them in the same room and interact with them. Um, it gives you um, the option to not just have room scale, like four by four meter, but also um, play or um, experience things in, in big scale. So you actually could like walk around this uh, whole room in VR. And what we have is we have the chance to set up narrative set design, like what we did with IJM. So actually have an environment that immerses you and then being immersed on a second layer somehow with the VR classes. So you kind of have a transition from the physical to the virtual, which we think is very important. When it comes to multisensory, what we mean is like seeing and hearing also is multisensory, right? But what we mean with that is, oh, yeah, um, uh, good point. Uh, having VR experiences on location also makes it um, very happy for this little guy who doesn't have to spend about 2,000 euro for a VR experience as it likes just cut down, um, which is good for private people. So. But coming back to multi-sensory lo um, location-based VR, um, what you can also do when you work on location is that you can implement smell. So smell is something very important when it comes to, um, to perceive the world that we are living in. Uh, smell has something very emotional and triggers um, uh, our brain in, in, in a very intense way. Uh, we have the chance to have actually haptical feedback, so stuff you see in VR you can actually touch it can feel warm, it can feel cold, you can feel the wind and stuff. So there is haptical feedback if you, if you work on location. And um, like on top of narrative set design, we can also um, have the chance to have um, special effects stage design. So Jim will talk about it later on. Um, <laughs> you're getting ready, right? Uh, we'll talk about it later on. Um, we could actually make uh, the environment interact with you as well. So um, we, this set design doesn't have to look very good, but it has to work very nicely. So you see buttons that you can trigger in virtual reality and in the physical world, and they would actually work out. What I want to break it down to is, um, with the VR experience that we did for IGM in the house, we used very, very small stretch uh, or less stretchities um, than like what I just presented to you. What we used was um, 360 video in stereoscopic. We used spatial audio. We used narrative set design, like you've been immersed in the same stage where you have uh, experienced the VR glasses, and we. Um, put smell on the room, so people would step inside and would smell like India. But with these very, very small strategies, um, we could really trigger people to um, their deepest emotions, which was very nice to see for us, although we just cut it down to very low level. Um, for sure, there had been a contact person of the NGO um, right at the room to inform the people and to like get them um, uh, right where their emotions started, which was very important. So, I'm going to end with that. Um, I think for social issues, um, we could actually raise the feeling of empathy through the feeling of actually being there. 
Um, we think that the feeling of being there expands normal storytelling to um, a term that I really like, which is story living. Um, when somebody says, I have experienced myself, um, I think this really can activate people to stand up for social issues. And fingers crossed um, that we really made a change with our experience. And now I want to hand over to Jim. Eins, zwei, sprach Test. Eins, zwei. Yes, hello everybody. Thanks very much, Maren, for introducing. And um, my name is Jim. I'm CEO of a company called Illusion Walk, and we are doing what Maren just explained. We are building a holodeck. All, all of you maybe have experienced VR so far on a limited. Eins, zwei, sprach Test. Ah, wunderbar. So you might have already experienced some virtual reality, but mainly it's fixed on a location, on a seat, or just four by four meters. So what we do is large scale, so you really can walk in it. And I could explain it, the technical terms and features a lot, but video shows it more or better. So Maren, can you might help me or hope it works? Um, and this shows you just in one minute a little bit what we are doing and um, you might get an idea how impressive it is. So you have a backpack uh, computer on your back, you have head-mounted display and you see the markers where we track the position within the room. We have hand tracking so you can see your own hands without any controller and this gives you another very immersive feeling. You have multi-user, that's very important. We can bring up to eight or ten people within one platform, which makes it very immersive if you interact with other people and really have physical touch. We can install it in normal rooms and we even can walk from room to room. And you can touch walls, things, objects. You have wind, smell, shaking plates, all those interactive things, what we call HMI, human machine interfaces. Sorry, ah, here we are. So this is what we call human-machine interfaces, and as you can see, we have optical, acoustic, interactive, haptic, or spatial. Spatial in terms of that you walk around and you can walk around. And we have the theory that with more development of a media and with more HMIs, the immersion gets stronger. So what is immersion? Immersion is the feeling that you, that you have the feeling you are within a world, that you accept it. And this is very strong. And um, it comes, if you read a book, you already have the feeling, if it's written well, or if you like the story, that you're in, within. But with more HMIs, and as strong as they get, and as more developed they get, as strong as the immersion gets. So it's an exponential curve. And to give you an example, what we call embodiment. So you might know the rubber hand example. You have a rubber hand and you have your real hand next to it and somebody touches your, the rubber hand and touches on the same um, spot your real hand. It takes about 20 to 30 seconds and then your view or your brain will accept the rubber hand. And then somebody pulls out a hammer and hits the rubber hand. And people explain that they experienced 
that they could feel how their bones break, which is just a visual imagination. So you can overcome your body feeling by just an optical impression. Another thing what we have is spatial awareness. We have people who walk through our platform and afterwards, two, three days later, they remember this experience more like a dream. If you watch a, a cinema movie and you, two days later you remember it, you have a two-dimensional remembrance. You might even see the same camera position. If you walk through a virtual world afterwards, you will have an awareness about the room, about the position where you have been. So, touch combined with smell or with heat or with wind, it's a little bit more closer to that what we, has, what we talk about the dream, what you remember, what your brain pulls out. And it shows us that there's a very strong link between what's already in memory of your brain and what's going to be recalled. For that reason, we have a scientific study with the Technical University of Berlin and the University of, of Würzburg where we have the cardiograms and we take psychological tests, we send in groups, we find out how immersive it is, we find out how sensible, how people react and afterwards ask them and to find out what is their impression. So we, we are going slowly, step by step, getting closer and now comes the interesting point, does it have a social impact? In general, virtual reality, which is not the same mass media like a cell phone or like television or radio, we could ask, is there any social impact? But we are not talking about a quantity social impact, we are talking about a higher quality of social impact. So if you really touch the right multiplicators, the people who can decide, deciders, the people who have impact, and you can address them with a higher qualified message, yes, you can convince them, you can manipulate them. This is a very strong instrument to bring people into a situation like Maren said, as you've been there. And if you can walk around, it's even stronger. It's the highest immersion any media can get. There's no other media so far that gives you such a high immersion or presence. It's a totally new form of perception and very important, it's illusion. And if we talk about illusion, we have to be aware we are manipulating people in any way. We are, pull, we are working with their brain and we are working with their remembrance. And it's a group experience, which means there's also group dynamic in it. What happens if somebody screams with a real voice in panic and everybody around will be affected? So if people in a virtual world and they experience something together, it's even stronger, much stronger than if you're alone. In marketing terms, from our point of view, if you want to do, sell a good thing, we're going to sell the good feeling of survived an adventure as a team. Nothing brings people or group or friends together, more together than having survived an adventure. And that's something in a good way where you can bring people together, but also in a bad way if you can work with this group dynamic. We have a code of conduct. Um, there's the University of Mainz who brought out a code of conduct. I would recommend everybody who's working with VR to have a look at it. What should you do? What should you explain? What should you explain your user? How should you act with this new media? And for our company, we also have a content policy which tells no sex, no politics, no religion, no extreme violence. And in terms of the rubber hand experience, 
no harming the virtual body. In our experience, nobody got harmed his virtual body. It's very important to have a responsibility with the terms and where you go, how do you work with your media responsibility. Two floors upstairs, there's iAnimal, which is an example for 360 butchery. So everybody who wants to be yet a vegana, um, vegetarian, should have a look at that. It's very immersive and it simply tells us quite easy that there's a catalyst for social change. It is a catalyst. There's an example in the United States where they made on a big platform, virtual reality platform, a bombing during a market in Aleppo. I haven't seen it, and I'm not sure if I want to see it. And here's also the question, if we want to make a change, we have to be aware, where do we put people? Does it harm the people? Does it bring a political message? And what is with our responsibility? Bombing in Aleppo, we would all say, hey, if that works, if it helps, it would be great. But if we can use it this way, we can also use it in different ways. So we have to be aware what we're doing with this strong social change. And the third one is a project we had in the beginning, shelter in Berlin in the year 1945, end of Second World War. How would it feel like if you're in a shelter in Berlin? And I explained this project in Hamburg and there was a lady, old lady sitting, and she obviously had this feeling in Hamburg in real life before, and you could see her wide eyes and her fear about that. So we canceled our project because of that, because we had the feeling that might be too strong, might be the right political message, gut gemeint, but we have to simply be aware how do we treat people with that. And last but not least, we are working on a project together with Maren and her team called Sleeping Giant, which is a world of black and white, two teams entering two worlds, black and white, and have to find their way through this world by finding colors, by finding cooperation, collaboration, and finally find the way out, out of this labyrinth of darkness and white, back to a world of color. This is also, also a nice way to describe it, how people in this polarizing worlds today, if there might be a message, yes, we can do it together, and we can do it as a team, and we can do it in lovely colors, and not only black and white thinking. So that was our main message. Use we are for good. Thank you very much for your attention. Have a nice day. So, um, yeah, thanks a lot. Um, we have five minutes uh, left. So if you have any questions, we're very happy to answer. Hey, I'm Sarah, and I'm really interested in using um, VR as an um, empathy tool. Um, and I have two questions. The first one is, um, you used um, in the IGM experience, um, you said that you use spatial audio, narrative, um, set design, and smell. But I was wondering, um, do you think that it is possible to reach a large audience of people and have this like highly qualified VR tool for empathy for um, NGOs um, without the set design, without smell? Um, and do you think it is as powerful as with it or do you think it, it's not? 
So um, I really think that um, location-based multisensory VR is a very good way to perform. Um, but for sure, it really depends on what you aim. So you can actually do a very empathetic story without all these things. It is just one strategy to raise immersion and to raise uh, empathy. But for sure, a 360 video without this stage design and stuff can be very immersive um, as well. And um, you can actually reach a big empathy. As you can see, for example, with the uh, um, Auschwitz experience, which is just uh, in, the, in the headset. One topic, is, one topic is how many people do you want to reach? Then make and find an easy solution just for 360. But if you have, want to have a more qualified impact, then it's a location-based with sound, with, with smell, with environment, for sure, is always stronger. It's always yeah. much stronger than just uh, audio and, okay. and visual. Thank you. Um, I have just got another quick question. Um, I know that you just um, launched a study um, with um, Illusion Walk. I think a friend of mine tried it and was at your um, office. And um, I just was just wondering when you're going to open the Illusion Walk. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, we plan within the next three months uh, to finish our first experience and then for sure open. There will be a beta test in before and hopefully yeah, then we open for public and we're always all looking forward for that. Thank Thanks very much. Any more questions? Thanks very much. Enjoy the show. Have a nice day. Bye.